Hey there, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Love Offering Podcast. I am your host, Rachel Adams, and today's guest is Kara Lawler. Kara and I talked a couple weeks ago, and she has written a book called Everywhere Holy. And we were talking about this book, and then, as you know, we are sort of in a very unprecedented season right now um, and really trying to grasp how we can see God in the midst of it. You know, I'm sure you're like me and, and struggling to find the holy in this current situation. And so that's what Kara and I are talking about. We're talking about some of her anxiety and depression and how she learned to feel more grateful and at peace. Um, and also just realizing that life doesn't have to be lived on grand mountaintops for it to be meaningful and realizing that God is at work right now, wherever you are in the midst of your ordinary routine or not so ordinary quarantine in the faces of your family and friends and especially in nature. So we pray through this episode, you will begin to see whatever you are seeing, wherever you are seeing it as holy. And without further ado, here is my conversation with Kara. Hello, Kara. Welcome to the Love Offering Podcast. I'm so happy you're here. Oh, thanks so much for having me on here today, Rachel. You are a high school English teacher. What do you love the most about teaching? I think, um, you know, there's so many things that I have enjoyed about teaching over the past 18 years. Um, I consider it a vocation for sure. And, you know, I, I talk and write a lot about vocations. And so I think that just sharing um, my love of writing and literature through teaching it and, and really showing kids, you know, I teach um, 12th grade English, how writing can actually be the creative writing part, especially this way to really connect with themselves and connect to their world. And also how literature really just shows us how to live in the world, really, if we pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. And so you are also the mother of two children. And yes. one of your most read articles was titled To the Mom at the Water Park. So why, right. why do you think that this piece resonated so much with women? Well, I wrote that piece um, a, almost a year after my daughter was born. And so I was really self-conscious. She was my second child, gained more weight with Maggie, um, you know, had been in a struggle with postpartum depression, hadn't really lost the weight. And I was so self-conscious about being in a bathing suit. Um, and I think that that's something so many moms can relate to, you know, our bodies yeah. change so much, you know, in, in being pregnant and having babies and mothering and, you know, all the things that come with that. And so I was very self-conscious at a water park and I was sitting on the sidelines while I watched my husband play with our two children. And I had this like, you know, God hit me on the head type of moment where it was like, what am I doing? Yeah. You know, why am I sitting here? Uh, why am I not out there enjoying these children that, that God gave me? Um, and so I think that it resonated so well with women and it did go super viral, you know, all over the place. I think because women could see themselves in my story and that's what I heard, you know, thank you for that vulnerability to really show um, that we're all in this together and that so many of us struggle with these body image issues. You know, as women, we do in general, so many of us do. Um, I certainly did before children and certainly do now as a 41 year old mom. I mean, it's a, um, in everywhere, holy, I talk about that kind of coming into my own self and you know how that's the hardest part, but 
at any rate, I, I got all these messages about to the mom at the water park. And I think it's because women felt that too, Yeah, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It resonates with me. I've, I've had those exact same thoughts and, and yeah, moving past those. Well, so your first book uh, is titled mm-hmm. A Letter for Every Mom. And you wrote this compilation of letters to mothers of all walks of life with Reagan Long. And you say you wrote it to celebrate, inspire, commiserate with all the <clears throat> stages of journey, you know, the journey of parenthood. So what is the main message you want to share about motherhood to the woman listening today? Well, um, that book shares so many messages, you know, and, and I hope that if, if you have a new mom in your life, anybody who's listening, um, it's a great book for new moms. But I think the main message that I personally want to share um, about motherhood is that it's one of our, it, I believe it to be the highest calling, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, in my own life, at least I, I know we're all called to different things. Um, but for me personally, you know, I see motherhood as a true gift from God, you know, um, and then subsequently, you know, in everywhere, holy, I talk about how I feel as if, you know, God gave my children to me right from his hands, you know? And so I think knowing that our children are a gift from God is kind of the biggest message. And I think that really helps in the chaos of motherhood, you know, in how overwhelming it can be. But to know that these are little gifts from God, that has truly helped my percept- my perspective yeah. in motherhood. Yeah. yeah, what an honor that he has entrusted them to us. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Well, yes. you've mentioned this book, Everywhere Holy, and it released in 2019 in December. So you wrote it to help us realize that life doesn't have to be lived on grand mountaintops for it to be meaningful. So how do we embrace the sacred in the mundane? I mean, I think for me, it was a journey and it was one that I kind of chronicled in Everywhere Holy, how to, how to see God everywhere, you know, how to consider our mundane routines as sacred. And, and for me, um, and I encourage the reader to really just o- try very, very hard to open their eyes to the beauty everywhere. And that looks, that can look different than what we expect Um, You know, that can look like bathing a child after that child's just vomited. You know, there's nothing beautiful about vomit. You know, we all know that. And about caring for the people in our lives who are sick. But what honor do we have, you know, to wash their backs and feed them? And so um, that's something, you know, trying to recognize the beauty and, and sacredness, you know, holiness doesn't always look the way that we think it does. And um, trying to stop and recognize. And really, I, I do think you have to be very purposeful about it at first. Mm. Um, very purposeful, you know, looking at an egg from a chicken, you know, and I talk about that in the book and how beautiful that is as a creation of God. So I, I think it's mindfulness is the first step and um, being very purposeful to to try to open your eyes to the beauty. And then eventually we can connect that to um, to God. Yeah. You know, as you're talking about, you know, just the, the caring for the sick and all of that, I'm thinking there, that's an interesting perspective shift to think that there's beauty in the valley, but, but you're right. Um, and, and you mm-hmm. also, you also say that we can see God right at work where we are in our ordinary routines and the faces of our family and friends, and especially in nature. Mm-hmm. What, what is it about nature that connects you to the Lord so much? 
for me, um, you know, I see nature and this earth that we're given as one of the greatest gifts, you know, Um, in addition to our people, of course, you know. Um, But I think that God is, I mean, who else, the sun comes up every morning and the sun sets every evening, you know, and it's just that for me, nature truly has shown me how to persist, how to carry on, you know, that sun comes up every day. Mm -hmm. Um, Birds, you know, I I talk about in Everywhere Holy, birds um, know just to chirp, you know what I mean? It's like we end up questioning so much about our purpose and we end up questioning so much about I mean, God, sometimes some of us have done that. And just the consistency um, of nature has really, as you mentioned earlier, helped me through those valley times and really helped me to see, of course, the beauty in the valley. And that is one of my, my, um, as you mentioned, those, that perception shift, because if we don't, if we don't kind of walk through the fog, and that's a big metaphor that I use in Everywhere Holy um, and kind of sit in that fog, understanding that it will rise, you know, in these hard times, um, that, that metaphorical fog will rise just the way the literal fog rises, you know, over the mountain. And so, um, for me, that's, that's why nature really connects me to God. You also believe that observation is a form of prayer and you say, thank you over and over again, all day long. Mm -hmm. This practice has helped you realize how beautiful your life really is, despite its relative disappointments and hardships and your battles with anxiety. And so, you know, we actually were just talking about this sort of before we went live, you know, right now, as we're recording, you know, my kids are getting ready to be home from school. They've shut down schools and the coronavirus. And I, I think a lot of people are being very fearful and anxious right now for sickness and economic reasons. So, on this topic of anxiety, if the person listening is feeling anxious today, how do you suggest that we feel more connected and more grateful and, and more at peace? Yeah, I mean, very timely question, really, with the coronavirus. And um, I know in our in my own family, I'm just kind of walking, you know, my children through. They're having some anxiety and fear, yeah. um, you know, and uh, we're facing some some potential shutdowns here in Pennsylvania. So I think that. You know, it goes back to me to that that really ability to start paying attention um, to the beautiful things. I know for me, when I get really um, weighed down, when I feel weighed down, and I still do. I mean, anxiety is a an uh, ongoing struggle for me, one that I have managed pretty well um, as of late with various forms of intervention. Um, but it's still something that gets to me, anxiety and depression. And so when I feel that way. I just search for the beautiful things, whether it's a, um, a blown kiss from a child or, you know, my husband pushing back a piece of hair on my face, or, um, as I mentioned earlier, nature is such a part of, of our life here in rural central Pennsylvania. And, you know, I thank God every day for just being able to see the mountains. Um, and so I think it's that purposefulness, that observation, that, you know, watching the daffodils, because those daffodils are going to bloom, you know, in the next month, no matter what the coronavirus does. Mm. And so it's really just that focusing on the consistency of nature, and the consistency of the people in our lives. um, And saying thank you for those things that still despite any fears that we have that still persist and exist. um, 
that's my advice to anyone that's feeling that way today. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Well, so what about when we find ourselves lost in the midst of our chaotic schedules and sort of our weary attempts to be all that is expected of us? How do we learn to view life as an adventure, even when that feels too hard? Tough question, isn't it? Um, And even for me, I mean, um, I feel like, you know, I've written this book with with, uh, my own story. And there are days when this chaotic schedule for me really just weighs on me. I think um, some of the, I hate to like give advice sometimes, but the advice that I have that has worked for me is really just to slow down in those moments that you can Um, take many adventures. You know, this life of course is an adventure and a journey, but one thing that's really helped me is to um, yeah, stop and take little mini adventures, whether it's a walk around the block and the picking of flowers, whether it's a hike up the mountain, you know, in cities right now, I know things are going to be a little different and, um, you know, it's very crowded. And so that may look, the adventure of life may look like just within your own four walls, you know, playing a board game, um, really connecting with your people, no matter where you are and in what situation you are and understanding that whatever hardship you're facing, whatever chaos and, and, you know, weariness that you're experiencing, that you are with your people and that these little things can, are a part of your adventure and are a part of your journey, even especially, you know, relating it back to the coronavirus, even now, you know, it's very hard to view this, um, you know, of course, this is a very difficult time uh, for people, but maybe just trying to focus on the fact that maybe, you know, we're going to get some extra family time in our homes. Yeah. Um, you know, focusing on the beauty of that family time, even though it's going to be hard, no doubt. Um, so that's, that's something that I would, that I would suggest. Yeah. Well, it's sort of segueing a little bit into, so something else you encourage women to make and how to make this lifestyle change is through the observation of small acts. So what does this look like on a daily basis? And like when we make this change and how will this help us to discover ourselves? Well, um, yes, you know, in the book, I talked in Everywhere Holy, I talked so much about these small acts and and these repetitive type things that we do in our homes. Um, For example, here in central Pennsylvania, I wash chicken eggs every day. And uh, there's a part of the book where I talk about, you know, feeling very weighed down by everything that I had going on that day, tons of things, you know, I juggle a lot. And there were 13 eggs sitting there that needed to be washed. And so I think for me, what that ended up being was um, washing the eggs. And it's an act of mindfulness, quite honestly. And watching the water, you know, trickle over these eggs and scrubbing the dirt um, away from the eggs and praying as I did it, you know. Mm. Um, And so for me, I think, and for the reader or the listener, rather, I think, no matter what it is that you find yourself doing repetitively, emptying the dishwasher, you know, vacuuming, whatever it is, um, picking up shoes. I have so many shoes I pick up and shuffle different places, you know. So it's it's about um, kind of refocusing yourself in that moment and say, well, you know, the shoes are annoying and I'm tripping over them, but they're a sign that my people live here with me. Yeah. Um, and so for me, that has really helped. In terms of discovering myself, you know, identity has been, is so wrapped up in so much of what we do. Um, so it's just been, you know, what's important to me? 
what can I let go of? What doesn't need to be done right now? Um, yeah. So, yeah. Well, you have also learned a great deal about dealing with hardships and understanding unconditional love. What advice would you share on these two topics? Yeah, I think, um, and hardships and unconditional love at, at times go together. So I can kind of answer those in some ways together, but um, in terms of unconditional love and um, the act of loving our people, and specifically, I talk about marriage in the book, um, in this beaded, beating, tattered heart. It's one of the chapters that actually people are telling me is one of their favorite chapters. Um, I think it's just for, I think it's one step closer to each other, you know, taking that step to get closer to each other than walking away. And um, in Everywhere Holy, I talk about uh, a season of my marriage that was um, hard, you know, and how walking towards my husband instead of away from him looked like making him a pot of coffee when he was tired. Yeah. Um, and, and I could have ignored it and I could have said, well, I'm not making him that, that cup of coffee. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to do that for him because I'm mad at him or whatever. Um, but I think that that's what it, what it's been for me. And that's unconditional love is that, that act that I'll walk with you really. Um, and with hardships, I think it's, it's coupled together, right? Because God walks with us and shows us unconditional love through, through the hardships that we are in. Mm -hmm. Um, he walks with us. He doesn't walk away from us. Um, and so the people that he's given us to love, I, I see as an obligation to continue to walk toward them and and maybe that's not always possible for everyone at every time believe me i'm not saying that um but but for me and for my people it's it's possible and that's what we do here yeah well this season i'm asking my guests who has loved them well so kara who first comes to mind for you and how have they loved you well gosh i have so many people who love me love me well um i'm really lucky that way you know, the first person that probably comes to mind um, is my son. Uh, I have a 10-year-old son, Matt, Matthew. And, um, you know, this kid has really loved me well and knows the kinds of things that really speak to my heart. Even as a 10-year-old, we share so many um, things in common. But he leaves little notes for me, you know, mm. um, when I'm writing, you know, all sorts of little notes or little pieces of poetry. Um, you know, I love you because you're comforting. I have right by my desk mm-hmm. or, you know, um, you can't fail with your art, just little things, little, uh, little Both rally yeah. kind of notes. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say, I mean, and of course, I mean, my husband loves me well and my daughter and you know, all sorts of stuff, but, um, that's the first person who came to mind for sure. You know, of, of all the people I've asked, I've never had somebody say their children, their child yet. And, and, oh, I, really? and I love that. Yeah. How much, how much they love us, you know, just their, my, my husband will say my little girl, I mean, of course I'm like a potted plant when my kids see me, but, um, when my husband comes home, it's like, daddy, you know, running oh, yeah, and jumping yeah, up yeah, in his yeah. lap. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> but I'm yeah. thankful for that. And my husband will say, gosh, I, you don't know how much I needed that hug. Like it changed my whole day, you know, and just like what our children can do as far as making oh, us feel loved. So uh, yeah. So thank yeah. you so much for sharing that. 
Oh, yeah, sure. And I think the unconditional love, you know, back to the question uh-huh. before that children show us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a quote from my book, Everywhere Holy, you know, children will always show us the way if we let them, uh-huh. you know, they, yeah. they will, they will show us, you know, they're so fresh from God, and they know so much about unconditional love. Yeah. Um, because they're closer to it. You know, I think sometimes we get farther away from it, and forget you know um so yeah of course yeah that i'm glad to hear that that i brought a new perspective to you know to that question yeah so what maybe do you want to share is, is are you working on anything now and and how can listeners keep in contact with you yeah i actually am i'm working on a few things right now um children's books are are something that i'm working on right now i have quite a few um that proposals that I'm, that I'm getting ready. And actually I, I am working on another proposal um, and another book to follow up everywhere. Holy. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. But, you mm-hmm. know, as a writer, we're constantly in evolution, you know, and constantly kind of, I always write, I mean, I'm I, what that writing will turn into. I'm not sure, but um, I have a practice of writing pretty much every day to stay fresh and in terms of listeners um keeping in contact with you with me i would love to see them um on any of my social media handles i'm at on facebook under kara lawler and i've just started an instagram uh at kara lawler 79 which is pretty new um you know kind of getting a handle of all this but my website is www.caralawler.com and then the website for the book for Everywhere Holy over at Thomas Nelson is www.everywhereholy.com. And that's a great website because it will show you the book's trailer with like really great um, pictures of our life here. It's, it's a whole video about, about Everywhere Holy, but it's here at our home in central Pennsylvania. Um, and then, of course, on everywhereholy.com, there are you know, all sorts of places where you can find my book. So on Amazon, Target, Walmart, Books a Million, Barnes & Noble, et cetera, et cetera. And then um, everywhereholy.com will also direct them to my personal website, carolawler.com, and then, you know, on Facebook and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I hope to see them, um, you know, on in any of those spots. Yeah. And I will include all those in the show notes. And I actually did watch that video of yours and your land is beautiful. And, oh, thank you. and in fact, we, um, we just purchased a farm. And so I may need to be calling you and, and figure out how to do, do this egg thing. Oh yeah, please do. Please do. We do that. We do small scale farming. So, um, and I love talking about that. I don't talk about that. I mean, in the book, Everywhere Holy, of course, there's little insights into our farm life, um, small scale farming. You know, we don't have a full scale farm at all, but our dream some days to have a bona fide farm. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what happens. We'll, we'll, we'll be starting small as well, but you got to start somewhere and I'll be, I'll be grateful to find the holy in that. (laughs) Yes. And you sure will. You sure will. I think there's truly um, such a wonderful way to find God. Yeah. Well, Kara, thank you so much for being my guest today. Um, You have encouraged me as I'm sure you've encouraged the listeners to just see holy everywhere, wherever we find ourselves today. God bless you. Oh, thanks so much, Rachel, and God bless you. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode with Kara Lawler. We hope and pray that through this episode, you also begin to see the beauty and the holy everywhere. For show notes, you can head on over to at Rachel Adams author on Instagram or on Facebook, or you can get them sent directly to your inbox by going to rachelkadams.com. Next week, my guest is Karen Eman. Karen is a New York Times bestselling author of 14 books and Bible studies. So it was really hard to narrow down which one to talk about, but we sort of touched on a little bit of all of them and just chatted about how to be gospel clingers and how to love others with our lives through our words and our actions in every relationship. You all, I know right now is a very difficult time for all of us um, just in our nation and around the world. And so I want you to know that I am praying for you and I'm available at any time. So please feel free to reach out to me just via social media or head on over to my website and you can get my email. Um, I'd love to hear from you and I'd love to pray for you and, and of course point you to Jesus who is always willing to listen. So until we meet again next week, I uh, will be praying for you and want you to know that I love you and so does God. And as always, until we meet again, remember to lead with love.